This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. In the past, we have gotten calls from New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Vermont, regarding this fine gentleman who is on the program today, the very popular sheriff of Erie County, Tim Howard. The last time he ran, there were three people running, and he still got 52% of the vote, a, a local hero in West New York for law enforcement. He's had a 40-year law enforcement career, including 24 years with the state police in various assignments across state, including Buffalo, Long Island, the Adirondacks, and the Southern Tier. He's a member of a law enforcement family. One of his brothers retired as the chief of police in Eden. Another one has been involved with the Cattaraugus County Sheriff's Office, while a third is a retired senior investigator with the New York State Police. His two sons, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, and two of his nephews are also in law enforcement. Our guest today, the popular sheriff of Erie County, New York, Tim Howard, a great local hero in western New York. First, let's talk about homeland security and the training that you were involved and we're all concerned about terrorism. In the last three months, we've seen so much violence in London as they let in so many people unvetted into England and they're blowing up and running down people with vans. It's just shameful. Let's talk about what you're doing for Homeland Security training here in Erie County, New York. Sheriff Tim Howard. Well, Erie County, uh, Erie County government just sponsored the, a Homeland Security training conference for people from from across the country. It was it was um, Howie's tier this year. Um, it's been in other states in in earlier years. Um, I got to attend part of that conference, and it was remarkable in the, 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 the attendance and the attention being paid um, by the attendees. The speakers were that wonderful, and they reviewed um, other incidents that had happened in the past elsewhere in the country and elsewhere in the world, and they did it in a, in a private setting for law enforcement uh, emergency services, ears only, so you got a kind of a feel for what it would be like to have that happen here, and God only knows where it may happen next. So the uh, the, the trick here is to um, prepare for anything, but uh, expect the worst. Now, what other efforts are you involved with? You talked about your training efforts with Homeland Security, but you have a lot of other efforts to prevent uh, terrorism in western New York. I know that you're a very visible presence at many big crowded events, if it's the Buffalo Bills or sporting events or festivals. So you're always having your eye out for uh, terrorism. What other efforts is the Erie County Sheriff's Department involved with with Homeland Security? Uh, you know, despite other people's efforts to the contrary to make them think uh, otherwise, police are your friends. Uh, the police exist to protect you. Um, sometimes they may be out uh, writing traffic tickets or doing things that you think interferes with your own personal um, liberty. But but their overall mission is to protect you, and that's why they do traffic enforcement as well. But the importance of remembering that police are your friends um, is to open up the channels of communication. If you have information, you see something that you think is unusual, strikes you as, as different, you can't quite figure out why. Um, if you just forget about that and ignore it, who knows what it may result in. But uh, what we're asking for a uh, long time 
um, statewide program here is if you see something, say something. So it uh, may be, uh, to give you an example, um, someone called about an individual that was taking um, pictures of a um, bus garage. It doesn't sound real unusual. Um, it's reported to a, uh, a central database, and they find out that across the state um, three different communities have reported that same thing. So you begin to think someone is looking to do something at a bus garage. In fact, as a result of the four different complaints, they found that individual had a very innocent explanation at the end. Um, he was uh, contracted to build a new bus garage and was going around trying to steal ideas. But the, the good point of that is it, yes. ended, it ended well. It ended good. innocently, but it shows the importance of you, you concluded your listeners until you heard the end would think that, yes, there was something being planned here. Same thing, state stopping underneath bridges. Well, what is it that they're looking at? Well, maybe they're bridge engineers or maybe they're looking to blow one up. Uh, but let the police sort that out. Um, we've got databases for suspicious activity. And, again, if we're not hearing things from the public, has a lot more eyes than the police do. So share that information with us because we're here to help. Very good. Very honest, dedicated Sheriff Tim Howard. Now, you, I was very proud to be a delegate with Sheriff Howard at the Republican National Convention. And I believe one of the speakers, and you may know him, was Sheriff Clark. Wonderful and man. now I've never met the man. I've seen him on Fox 50 times, but he was talking about, and he's an African-American. He's, he wasn't talking about black lives matter or white lives matter. He said blue lives matter, the men and women who are in uh, police uniform of any level. Let's talk about blue lives matter. Sheriff Howard. So it doesn't matter. The term blue lives is referencing to all law enforcement, but I hate to start categorizing um, any type of life and suggesting one matters more than another, but certainly you can't ignore the fact that the police lives matter just as our armed forces lives matter. Um, can't forget that, especially after the holiday we just celebrated. Um, but the, the point he was trying to make is that um, you, you sh should not jump to conclusions. If an, if an officer is involved in a shooting, let it be investigated. Um, bite your tongue and, and hold on until after it's been investigated. Um, and then really find out what it is that the officer was thinking at the time. And, and did he or she deserve the right of reason to, to, to suspect or believe the things they thought of at the time. Um, it's not right to judge these things from an air-conditioned, um, well-lighted room. Um, mm -hmm. You need to judge people by what um, they experienced at the time and what reasonable conclusions they could draw from what they were recognizing at the time. And I certainly think that's the point that he was trying to, to bring out. Police aren't out there looking for someone to kill. They're looking for people to save. It's wonderful, and I can remember the uh, one woman who was at a Black Lives Matter protest, and she's protesting the police, and all of a sudden they were shooting at the police, and about seven of them surrounded this woman who was protesting against the police, and they saved her life, and then she said, I love you to the policemen change, change <laughs> who even heart, protected yeah. this woman who was protesting against them. I mean, I have no doubt I'm very pr proud of the police profession. Um, we have bad characters that uh, sneak in from time to time, but we're anxious to deal with them. Um, again, we have too many people out there suggesting that, you know, don't bother reporting it because they don't care. 
you know, you're very mistaken. I think most, uh, I think every police agency's got a track record of addressing these problems and doing what they can. Um, but yeah, we've got constitutional protections applied to the police as well. Um, people are innocent until proven guilty, and no one should jump to conclusions. We'd like to thank Mickey Pawanski for recommending this program. She is the assistant to the sheriff. Our guest today, Tim Howard. He also has a lovely wife, Sue, and a very, very sweet, caring woman. If you're listening in Buffalo or Montreal or northern Florida to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, blanketing 17 states, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always read cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. Next week, we'll have former U.S. Ambassador to Finland, Earl Mack, on this program who's former chairman of the New York State Council on the Arts for New York State. I'd like to thank those who've called regarding former ambassador to the Vatican, Jim Nicholson, B. Kazar, author of 20 books, and Erie County Republican chairman, Nick Langworthy. A little bit more information about Sheriff Tim Howard. He oversaw eight chiefs who directly who directed the daily operation of the Erie County Sheriff's Department. And he was appointed sheriff upon Pat Gallivan's resignation and then elected to the office in 2005 and re-elected many times. In the state police, he was uh, the, had the fourth highest rank in the organization of more than 4,000 employees. And he was involved with the state police forensic investigation center. And also he was involved with development and implementing technological advancements when with the state police, Erie County Sheriff Timothy B. Howard. Let's hear a little bit about the Eco-SWAT team, the Erie County Sheriff's Office SWAT team. Uh, they took first place in um, a recent competition. Uh, tell us what's significant about the SWAT team with the Erie County Sheriff's Office. Uh, New York State rates SWAT teams uh, according to the training and the uh, resources that they have. Um, our SWAT team here in New York County actually has the highest rating, uh, meaning that they have the most resources, including um, our helicopter and the training to repel from it, um, as well as having a SWAT team that's able to deploy um, right along with them. Um, we're, I was very proud when they won this competition. Um, the competition actually was uh, involved building searches, um, rest techniques, as well as um, operating in wilderness areas, um, which that doesn't exist, and probably other teams don't have an opportunity to practice that, um, like our teams do to, um, doing a search detail. Um, I also think that uh, part of that is that uh, our narcotics unit, which isn't part of the SWAT team, is so active that our SWAT team has a lot of opportunities to demonstrate and practice their skills when assisting the narcotics unit in the execution of search warrants around Erie County. But uh, all in all, the team consists of 18 um, members. The uh, physical fitness is obviously a very important part of that, as well as ability to use uh, various um, types of firearms. But the big thing here, like a well-trained military unit, is that they're able to function as a team. And each person is aware of the other person's functions and respects them. But when they deploy, they deploy as a team. You know, you're talking about SWAT teams, and it makes me think of that terrible tragedy in Orlando. Also, I think about Fort Hood and San 
Bernardino, where all these people were murdered, uh, with a situation such as in Orlando, where none of these people had guns, wouldn't it have been safer if five or six people who had a licensed permits to carry uh, a firearm would be armed so they could kill the shooter so there would be much less in the number of fatalities than the 50? Wouldn't it make more sense? You know, I, I'm a big believer and can't accept people that reject this concept, but that it's the most basic you know, human trait, um, God-given trait, is a uh, self-defense, self-preservation, um, both of yourself and your family. And I can't envision that, that after an effect or an event like this, when um, a, per- a person that was lucky en- enough to survive it um, would love to have an opportunity to ask them, don't you wish that you could have done something to stop this? Have a firearm yourself and could have done something to stop the, the killing of all these others, other innocent people. Um, some people claim, and I don't know if they really believe it or they just claim it, that they would never take a life to save the life of another um, I don't I don't, I don't know if that it's... can be true, but but I guess if you're willing to die a martyr, which means you'd die, you'd die for a cause, but what would be the cause here to perpetuate evil? So if you are willing to die to let someone else have a, uh, their evil way, then then it, 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 whereas there's no goodness in that. So um, yes, yes to what you said, um, the most important person in any individual's personal safety is that person. It's not the the function of the police to protect each person as an individual. The function of police is to protect us as a society. Now, you talked about this first annual Homeland Security competition. Where did this take place and how many different uh, police departments were involved with this competition that the Erie County Sheriff's Office SWAT team took number our SWAT, first SWAT place. competition was, I think, back <clears throat> in May. It was in Oriskany. It's a form like near near Rome, so uh, Rome, Utica, mm-hmm. a little um, east of Syracuse. Um, so it took place at actually a former military base that's now actually a Homeland Security and Advanced Law Enforcement Training Facility. Um, I don't know the number of, of uh, SWAT teams, but they were actually invited from across the state. Um, there certainly was a significant number of them that, that did participate in this, but I don't know the exact number. Now, let's talk about something uh, that you're involved with, and I'm talking about drug boxes. So I imagine this is where people discard drugs that could kill people. Uh, where are they located? What type of drugs are you looking for? How secure are these drug boxes? the value of this program, Sheriff Tim Howard? Well, um, we started the program about four years ago. Um, We started it with 13 boxes. Um, As of today, we have increased the number to 26 boxes, and we anticipate adding three more um, within the next couple of weeks. It's a rather involved process. Uh, The boxes themselves are somewhat similar to the uh, mailboxes you'd see in the corner where people can drop their mail. Mm Um, you can put something in, but you can't take it out without uh, a special key. Um, we have one deputy that's assigned to maintain all of these boxes, all 26 boxes around Erie County. Um, the, the containers, it's at 26 locations. Each, each uh, location has got at least two boxes, one for any type of narcotics, any type of medicine at all. And the other one is designed um, especially for the sharps, the, um, for any type of needle needles to go mm-hmm. into that. 
Um, the surprise, surprising numbers, and I, I, I have to tell you, I was shocked myself, but as of the most recent um, collection and submission, uh, the one that actually went out just a few days ago puts the, the weight of the of the drugs that have been surrendered by people. These are drugs that they no longer want. Right. To over 15 tons. I mean, it, it's 15 tons of unused medicine and five tons of needles just um, within these 26 locations now in your counties. It's shocking. Now, these are heroin needles. Um, any type, any type of hypodermic needle could be the ones you'd use for insulin or injecting any type of medicine. But obviously, the point of getting them out, the offer here, is so that they are taken off the market, so they're not available for um, the drug use. But the the danger there again is the dirty needles that are otherwise discarded. Someone may pick them up accidentally, stick themselves with it, and there's all kinds of terrible diseases that live for a long time within the within a hypodermic needle. For those who just tuned in to the Rusk Report, you're listening to Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard. And uh, we have received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand with our 50,000 watts of clear channel power. So drop us a note if you're listening in Cheektowaga, New York, Toronto, or Washington, D.C. with our 50,000 watts of clear channel power. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio. 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. Sheriff Tim Howard is the recipient of the Brummer Award, the highest award given by the state police as a result of his actions with his partner, Trooper Gary Kobasiak, who was tragically killed. He has also received the superintendent's unit citation for his leadership role, and he received the Heroes Award from the 100 Club of Buffalo, a great patriot who loves his country and tries to make sure that we have the freedoms that we enjoy. He also leads the Pulaski Day Parade every year for the last dozen years on horse, just as General Pulaski was the father of the American cavalry. And also we have the wreath laying in memory of General Pulaski. The sheriff has his mounted division there in memory of General Pulaski, who founded the American Cavalry. Uh, let's talk about this horrible situation of these opiate deaths. It seems that every day or two we hear of another death of a young person between 15 and 25 years old. Now, is it uh, one of the reasons is that the availability of heroin is so easy and it's cheaper than marijuana, why there's so many people dying of these uh, opiates? Um, and if you don't mind, we'll go back to where these drug drop locations are. Oh, sure, are please as well. go I ahead. I forgot that, but, but maybe do that first. Right, um, I'll let's just do re- that first. Re- then we'll talk about opiates. Um, yeah, please. W- one of the containers is right at our office at 10 Delaware in Buffalo, another one um, at 45 Elm Street, um, one at the town hall, and these are the various towns in Alden and Brant, um, at Canisius College, at the Clarence Town Hall, Colden Town Hall, um, at the three ECC campuses, the city campus, the north campus, and the south. Um, two are at the Erie County um, Medical Center. Um, we have them in the lobbies of the correctional facility and at the holding center. Um, the town of Alma, the village of Gowanda on Grand Island, the town of Holland, town of Marilla, um, Madai College at the medical examiner's office in Newstead at the Rath Building in Springville, um, one at the Nash Health Care Center, and the most recent one that we've added is at the 
um, Seneca Nation, the tr- 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 um, tribal um, headquarters building. So and those uh, are drug drop boxes, and if you no go there, asked. there's no one watching you. There's no questions asked. They're just people anonymously. If you put open those the container, drugs over you there. will not be challenged. Open the container. No one will bother you. Open, nope. And uh, the only suggestion, you might want to remove the labels of these built of, off of your own medicines. But if you choose not to, no we, one will we, be don't, we don't look at them. We, were, we uh, recently had a press conference announcing the boxes. We saw some of the ones were there had labels. We removed the labels. Or so you just destroy them. them. That's all. They go That's to all. incineration in Niagara County. Um, so they are environmentally licensed to to uh, destroy these these medicines, and that's where they go. So this is um, besides getting the drugs away from um, anyone's illicit mm-hmm. or accidental use. It's also good for the environment because the other option was send them to the landfill or flush them down the toilet, and in both cases they're leaching back into the water supply. Um, so this is the safe. This is the safe, environmentally approved way of good. disposing of old drugs. Okay, now let's get back to opiate deaths, uh, uh, this crisis uh, that uh, we we hear about every day. We hear about people post-surgical, the the fentanyl patch, which is uh, designed just absorption through the skin to reduce um, their pain. And actually, fentanyl is a derivative of opium, um, as is uh, heroin and and uh, the... um, We've heard about it for years, the derivatives, again, of of the opiate... um, plant. But the fentanyl is so powerful and so dangerous that the mere absorption through the skin in its fullest strength would likely cause um, cause death and has, and has caused death. So the, the drug people that, that are interested in only one thing and it's making money are mixing the fentanyl in with otherwise um, very much cut down um, heroin and when this, they're, they're not doing it under the pharmaceutical controls, so it's not thoroughly mixed. So some people get a lot of hair, a lot of fentanyl, and some get some very weak um, heroin. Um, the 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 deaths are resulting from the people because the, the fentanyl again is so strong. There is a there is a uh, a cure for it in Narcan. Um, police and emergency services people are carrying Narcan. I'm using it in Erie County on a daily basis. Um, usually are successful, but you only have one dose of it with you. And if you get called immediately to a, another residence before you're able to get uh, just some, some additional Narcan, the person's going to die. Um, many times they die without ever um, law enforcement being called. Um, I recently met with your county um, health commissioner, yes. and she reported that there's absolutely no doubt that our numbers this year are exceeding um, one per day. Um, we have... Terrible. Uh, unattended deaths um, almost on a daily basis. Um, said we, we, we wait three, four, six months or more um, to get a toxicology report back to determine, in fact, that this is what they died from. But um, all, all money, all, all bets or predictions are these are going to be um, heroin overdose deaths. Now, Sheriff Tim Howard, we live uh, at one of the uh, biggest uh, border crossings into Canada, the second largest in the United States at the Peace Bridge. We also have the Lewiston Bridge, the Whirlpool Bridge, Rainbow Bridge into Canada. And uh, there's always concern that many who are in this area have not been vetted. I think that President Trump is trying to increase this vetting of refugees coming in. So how real a threat 
uh, being an international border that many have not been vetted who are in western New York and Canada. How real a threat is terrorism in this area where we tape this program? Well, I think the first time I'm trying to look for an analogy, a better way of saying this, but if someone was to call and say, this building is infected with termites, um, would the appropriate solution be to take all the contents out of that building and move them into a bunch of other buildings to store them while you search for the termites in the building? Or the smart thing would be secure the building and first find out where the termites are, deal with the termites before you move anything out right. of that building. So any type of contamination, if it's bugs or diseases, you first would have to know what it is. And I don't see that being um, a lot different than what the effort is here, is that um, for some of these individuals that are, that are, that are coming here um, from, from countries where they're not even sure that they're really from those countries or went to those countries and claim to be um, a refugee from that country in order to be brought over here, I have no doubt that some people coming here under that protection of a, that type of an umbrella that I'm a refugee status are not coming here um, or, or coming here to do us harm. And they're absent a, a system to find out who's coming here to adopt our American culture and be a productive member of our society and who's coming here to do us harm. We, we have to stop and figure out some way of sorting them out so we know um, who the good ones are and who the ones are that fear. And the U.S. Supreme Court has gone along with the vetting program of not letting people from various nations that former President Obama listed as threatening countries. I well, you think the important thing there, I'm sure the Supreme Court looked at all of the information. Um, sometimes we, we don't get to see all that information. The same is true of making decisions about law enforcement and good actions and bad actions. Is um, The Supreme Court saw all of the concerns, and everyone had an opportunity to project to them, um, what, what do you want us to look at, what do you want us to consider? Um, so I suspect that's a very wise decision that they've come up with now. And I think, it, again, just common sense, you think about uh, what is it, the, the mythology and the, the Trojan horse, mm -hmm. was the Trojan horse rolled into the gates of the city as an alleged gift only to be opened up and be full of, of soldiers that then murdered everyone in the, um, within the city walls that were otherwise protected. Um, but history, history doesn't change. I mean, there are people out there that want to do us harm, and there are people in other countries that would love to come here and be a part of our wonderful society, but we've got to make sure we bring it the right ones without regard to religion, without regards of other uh, race or, or creed where you were born. Um, it's just do you want to come here and help us be the wonderful nation that we are, or do you want to come here and destroy us? Well, we have a great patriot on our program today. Again, last time he ran, he had three opponents and won with 52% of the vote. Popular Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard. Special thanks to Mickey Powenski for recommending this program and to Kevin Carr, Director of Production for the past 15 years. Thank you for enlightening us about crime and terrorism. Popular Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226.